Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. To GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Hear from student athletes, coaches, and administrators from one of the premier conferences in Division II. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. From Azusa, California to Burnaby, British Columbia, and from Portland, Oregon to wherever you may be listening, welcome to GNAC Insider. This is your weekly look at the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. On tonight's show, we're going to have an opportunity to speak a little bit later with Jacob Chamberlain, Concordia track and field standout, who is going to have... uh, who is going to look to put in a great performance at the upcoming GNAC track and field championships. And he's one of the odds on bets in the throws competition. We'll talk to him coming up. Now, speaking of track and field, Addie Townsend from the Simon Frazier track and field squad is also going to join us as well. She is a great middle distance runner and she's also the GNAC women's track athlete of the week. We'll tell you why coming up a little later in tonight's program. But leading off tonight's GNAC Insider, it's my pleasure now to be joined by the brand-new head coach at Azusa Pacific, the head football coach there now, Rudy Carlton. Coach Carlton, thanks for joining us for the first and certainly not the last time here on GNAC Insider. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. I'm, I'm really excited to be here, and, and obviously my, my knowledge of the GNAC and my experience with it, I'm really excited to kind of step into a new role and see what that holds and I really appreciate you having me on and excited to talk some football. Well, it is uh, the off season now for the football team, but there's certainly been some transition going on there at Azusa. Victor Santa Cruz, who had been kind of a stalwart, he had been the head coach there for the last 14 years. Well, he had the opportunity to return to his, uh, to his alma mater, the university of Hawaii. He will now serve as a defensive coordinator there. And that well allowed you uh, to move up and, and become the head coach at your alma mater, Azusa Pacific. For any football coach, is is being able to, to coach and, and be the head coach at their alma mater, is that really kind of a pinnacle? Yeah, I think, you know, anytime there's a place like Azusa Pacific that holds a dear spot in my heart as a, as a student athlete and then obviously as an assistant coach, anytime you have an opportunity to take over and, and be the head coach, I think that it's – it's an honor. And I think for coach Santa Cruz and I both, you know, him being an alumni of Hawaii, this was a really unique opportunity for us to both kind of pursue that dream. And, you know, I've told a lot of people through this process that this isn't a job promotion. This isn't a pay bump. This isn't an opportunity to get the next job for me. This really is a dream job. And this has kind of been my goal and my aim. And, you know, a lot of my personal goals and professional goals have been more corporate goals for APU and, it's such an incredible, unique place that, you know, it's kind of one of those things that I've always wanted to just 
build into it and build the program and, you know, obviously making the transition to D2 is a big piece of that. And then now as we continue to build on the foundation that Coach Santa Cruz set, I think it's an amazing opportunity when you get a, you get a chance to coach at your alma mater and, you know, coach guys that you've come up with and uh, players that you've played with, reconnect with alumni. Yeah, it, it kind of has a, a special feel to it. I don't want you to sell yourself short. You talk about the program that uh, that Coach Santa Cruz built there, but you have been a primary ingredient in that program as well. You've been on the staff there for 10 seasons as the offensive coordinator, and as we mentioned a, a moment ago, you also played quarterback at Azusa Pacific between 2002 and 2007. So I've got kind of a two-part question for you. What do you see is and how would you express the the football culture at Azusa and what has your role been in establishing that that winning tradition well I think it's really special and unique you know rarely in the country do you have a place that's a faith-based organization that plays at the competitive level that we do and so coming out of high school those were my two passions and to be able to find that at one place is really what initially drew me to APU. And so I think the culture is really built on that. And it's, you know, football has always been a means to do so much more in my mind. And so that's a place that you have the opportunity to do that. And so I think culture has been really cool for me to see, obviously as a student athlete, it was something that I was very drawn to. I felt like I wanted a lot more out of my college experience than just football or just a degree. And you know, I wanted that life transformation piece. I wanted that piece where I was going to be challenged you know, in every aspect of my life, and I felt like APU provided that, you know, and so to be a part of that as a student athlete and obviously playing the quarterback position, you have a unique role in terms of leadership and then to kind of step in and just climb up the ranks from a GA to a position coach to a coordinator, and it's been been really cool for me to see, you know, Coach Shinnick at uh, West Florida University just won a D2 national championship. He's the guy that actually recruited me to APU and it's obviously the foundation that he set in terms of the culture and then to have coach Santa Cruz take over in 2006 when I was a junior and just kind of see where he's been able to take the program and I've kind of be able to been able to see you know the program and the university from every vantage point and so um, I think it provides me a very unique opportunity to kind of maintain and grow those things but also kind of build and grow and push it forward exactly like both those men have done. Yeah, Rudy Carlton, the brand-new head football coach at Azusa Pacific, is joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. You talk about challenging yourselves. Educationally, you challenged yourself there at APU. You got a degree, a bachelor's in psychology, and then you also got a master's degree in organizational leadership. How have those degrees, how have they aided you in, uh, in the realm of coaching football? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, Rob. I mean, Monday Monday morning, I think every coach in the country would, would love to have a psychology degree. And so I think, you know, <laughs> I didn't necessarily foresee that, but I think a lot of those counseling and reading people and trying to motivate people and uh, figure out what makes people tick, I think that that's, you know, what I got to learn in my psychology degree. And then there was actually quite a bit of of overlap with some of the leadership stuff that I had done. And I kind of did like a sports psychology emphasis as my undergrad. 
And then when I moved into my leadership stuff, I think the, the both of them just really married well. I always felt like I love psychology. I was passionate about it because I felt like if I could understand people better and how they're motivated and how I can speak to each person individually, that it didn't matter what trade I entered, I'd be more successful. And then as I kind of got into my master's, you know, the, the leadership program at Azusa Pacific is amazing. There's some incredible professors that I learned a lot from. And that was when I really kind of, my passion for leadership and, and football and all that had really kind of first time ever in the academic setting, I had felt like, okay, this is practical and I'm going to use this. And, you know, I really kind of started to come alive. That was truth be told, really the first time I loved reading. I wasn't a big reader leading up into that, but as soon as I kind of started getting into my master's work was when I really began to kind of find the love for reading. But yeah, I think both those degrees uh, marry really well to provide a perspective to be able to lead student athletes. And you've also had professional experience uh, to draw on as well in the Arena Football League, which is, I think anybody who's a sports fan has seen some Arena Football at one time or another. That's kind of a wild game. How has that, if it has in any way, uh, been an influence on your on your coaching philosophy? As I mentioned, you have been the offensive coordinator there at uh, Azusa. Yeah, I mean, I think first off, I got a, I got a chance to play for Brent Winters, uh, the head coach, and when I was in Boise, and there was a lot I learned from him. There, you know, there wasn't a ton of schematic transition between arena and college football, but I just got to see him lead. I got to see how he motivated. I got to see how he communicated. You know, being a quarterback under him, I got to learn a lot, uh, just a, a different coaching style than what I had been accustomed at APU. And, you know, he's, he's a really similar personality type to me. And so it was really cool for me to kind of see that. More offensively and schematically, I think it's just a very aggressive approach to football, and it's very offensive friendly. And, you know, obviously you're throwing the ball 95% of the time, so what quarterback in the country doesn't like that? Um, (laughs) But I'd say the way it impacted me was just, you know, I think the the college game has changed a lot, and, you know, offensive football has kind of taken the forefront, and people want to see high-scoring games. They want to see exciting football, and and while there's a lot of core tenets to, to winning football games that have nothing to do with that, I think the arena football platform kind of showed me just that aggressive, exciting um, approach to offensive football. And that's something that your teams have displayed there at Azusa. And I'm assuming that now that you're the head coach, that's not going to change much. Yeah, I don't anticipate that. You know, one of my favorite things about coaching football is, uh, calling plays and the schematic portion of it and the game planning. And so, you know, I look, look and hope to kind of continue that and, you know, obviously take on this new role as a head coach, but, but also I think continue what we've done offensively. Well, coach Carlton, I mean, our time has gone by much too fast. I really appreciate you making some time for us tonight here on GNAC insider congratulations on becoming the new head football coach there at Azusa Pacific. Uh, If you are an Azusa football fan, I can tell you one thing. The program is certainly in good hands with Rudy Carlton. And and you have an invitation to come back and join us during the upcoming football season here on GNAC Insider. I hope we get a chance to talk to you at that time. 
Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it and really appreciate the call and the time and, and excited for a great 2020 season. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. That's Rudy Carlton, head coach, Azusa Pacific, joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Well, from football, we're going to turn our attention to track and field. We're on the eve of the GNAC championships. We'll talk track and field in our next couple of segments on GNAC Insider right after this timeout. If I lose, I'll respond with respect. If I win, I'll back it up with humility. If I fail, I'll rise up with honor. Student athletes work hard to be at the top of their game. Don't undo their hard work with poor sportsmanship. Please show respect to student athletes, coaches, officials, and other fans. Respect is the name of the game. Welcome back to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. And here's our next guest, Addie Townsend from the Simon Fraser Track and Field Squad. Now, Addie, I, I understand, though, that you are not up there in Burnaby tonight, but you're in Phoenix. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Got to escape the bad weather and get some good training in in the heat. And that's what we've been doing for a couple of days now. Just after the race in Boston, we headed over here and We've been having great practices, so I'm really excited to get back with the team and uh, be at GNAC soon. Well, you are going to be at the GNAC soon. Matter of fact, it is coming up here. Uh, matter of fact, the, the schedule is going to be Friday and Saturday at the Ford mm-hmm. Center there in Nampa, Idaho. Now, you talk about that, that uh, Boston experience. You automatically qualified for the NCAA championships in the mile at the David Henry Valentine invite there in Boston with a time of four minutes, 40.40 seconds. And that is number two on the GNAX time list. And also it's number three in division two this season. So when you were on the track there in Boston, at what point did you say, this is a good run for me? So I think going into Boston, I had it in my head that I wanted to have a really good mile just to give me that feel for what I wanted to do at nationals, which is still undecided. So I think, yeah, you know, the first half of the race, I wouldn't say was my best, but I had it in my mind that I, I need to learn to run to win. And I think I was just very competitive. I stopped worrying about the time and said, okay, I need to start winning these races. I need to start being competitive. And that's when, that's when good times come. So I think, so I think that attitude um, made me run that time. Well, winning is something that you're no stranger to. You've won the 800 meters at the GNAC indoor championships and in three out of the last four years. So I have to ask you 800 meters mile, what and again as a middle distance runner you have the opportunity for for several events what's your favorite so i think um i don't know that's a great question but i think working off the eight and the and the mile together is always going to give me that you know strength from the mile and speed with the eight so i'll always do both and i don't even know if i have a favorite necessarily i love both both of them and I'm lucky enough to be able to do both at GNAX this year I'm going to test myself get to do both and really test my strength going into it 
You're the reigning GNAC Women's Track Athlete of the Week. And again, they they could almost retire that trophy for you. This is the fourth (laughs) time this year you have won that award. Now, I understand that you're not out running for for individual accolades like that. But does that, uh, for you, quantify the fact that you're having a good year? Yeah, I think getting that obviously helps the confidence. And it just again, reminds me that I'm capable of, um, of running fast and, and being awarded of those type of um, awards. So I think that's always helpful in the back of my mind to keep me motivated. But all my team has been amazing. You know, the DMR, we've, we didn't think we even had a chance. And, you know, going into that race, we gave it our all. And I think that's what makes me so excited because after this ends, and this is my last year, the DMR is in necessarily going to be what I'll be running again so I think that's really important for me this year is just to have fun with it and run fast and that's what I've been doing does that in any way that distance medley relay does that also you talk about the 800 and the mile how they kind of play to each other's strengths and and help each other out does being part of the DMR team does that do anything for you as well in terms of your individual events so I think the DMR is a chance where I kind of get out of my own head. You know, I'm getting the baton. I'm running for my teammates. I get to do the mile at the end of the at the end of the race. They're all there cheering me on. They're so excited to be, you know, maybe getting a chance at nationals. And I think that just really motivates me in a different way than my individual events because I feel like I'm running for a team. And that's something that I've missed about track at some points is just, being individual and I've always been such a team team player and I think the DMR has really been a, a point of my career that I've really enjoyed and I'm gonna miss yeah well okay you talk about you're gonna miss that but you have the GNAX coming up this coming weekend and I, I get from your voice that uh, that you may want to continue running well after your collegiate career is over in the back of your mind, and as a native of Coquitlam there in British Columbia, would you ever like to wear the Olympic, uh, the Olympic uniform for Canada? Yeah, I think that's a question that I get asked a lot with my mom being, you know, great athlete herself representing right. her country. So I think that's definitely something that I think about. But I'm trying to keep – there's always a saying that my coach says is, focus on the process, not the outcome. And I think that I've really made sure to do that is just take every day, have great sessions, you know, be in the moment at every time, go to GNX, go to all these events that later on in my career, I'm going to look back at and be so, so happy with them. And, you know, living in the moment is something that I'm truly doing this year. And then whatever happens after is what I'll tackle then. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about the process. This weekend, the GNAC Indoor Track and Field Championships at the Ford Center there in Nampa, Idaho. What are you doing right now to prepare for the events you will be participating in this coming Friday and Saturday? Yeah, so um, definitely preparation is an essential part of, of, you know, competing at your best. And I've got a huge weekend, five five different races, and um, that's going to be a lot on the legs, but a lot on, you know, mental too. So here we're making sure, you know, eating well, having lots of water, it's hot here, having great practices, but just, you know, having fun, relaxing, and 
getting ready for the big day, and I think it'll be it'll be lots of fun. Are you nervous? Are you excited? Is it a combination of the two? So I think this year has been a bit different. I try to not get myself too nervous because in the past I've, you know, worked myself up for each event, getting so nervous, having specific times in my head that I want to hit. And I think this year is just making sure that I'm confident in my abilities, thinking back to all, all the good workouts that I've had. And I think that's allowed me to not necessarily be nervous, but try and be more excited for all these opportunities, especially in my last year, just, making sure I'm having having fun with it and I think that's that's something that I've really tried to try to do in every race of course I'm still going to get nervous but I think just controlling it and trying to make it more excitement has been has been really good for me well Addie I'll let you get back to to resting and hydrating and doing all (laughs) the things you want to do ahead of this weekend's GNAC championship event Thanks for joining us. I do hope we have the opportunity to speak again during the outdoor season. Uh, good luck this coming weekend. And I'll tell you one thing, I, I, would, I would like nothing better than actually to see you someday in the, in the colors of Canada there in the Olympics and have the opportunity to say, yeah, I know her. Uh, that would be a, a thrill <laughs> for me. So continued success. And uh, I hope we will talk before the end of this year once again here on GNAC Insider. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Addie Townsend joining us tonight from down there in Phoenix. Well, time for us now to go around the GNAC in Anchorage, Alaska. The Seawolves men's basketball team earned the GNAC Team of the Week honor after winning overtime games against Northwest Nazarene and Central Washington to keep the team's playoff hopes alive. Junior Augie Pantovich was named the GNAC Men's Basketball Player of the Week after he had a double-double in each of those games while averaging 25 points and grabbing 15 rebounds per game during the weekend. Now, the Alaska Anchorage and Northwest Nazarene women's basketball teams both earned spots on the GNAC championship floor last week. NNU senior guard Avery Albrecht was earned, uh, earned the GNAC Women's Basketball Player of the Week honors after she averaged 19 and a half points a game and grabbed nine rebounds and wins over Western Washington and Simon Frazier as well. Montana State Billings' Daniel Cipriano was named the Baseball Player of the Week after he led the Yellow Jackets to a 3-1 and one week against Sioux Falls and CSU Pueblo. He finished the week with a 500 batting average and a 1,000 slugging percentage, going 8-for-16 with five runs, seven RBI, two doubles, and two home runs as well. Concordia's Carly Yoshioka earned Softball Player of the Week honors as she led the Cavaliers to a 2-1 mark on their Bay Area road trip with a 583 batting average and a 615 on on-base percentage, going 7-for-12 with four runs, four RBI, and a double. The Cavs beat Notre Dame Day Namur on Friday before splitting with Dominican on Saturday. And in Boston... Simon Frazier's Jeremiah Lazan was named the Men's Track Athlete of the Week after he reset his own GNAC record in the 200 meters at the David Hemry Valentine Invite in Boston. Lazan came in seventh out of 228 total finishers with a time of 21.47 seconds, topping his 21.51 second mark that he set just back last month, as a matter of fact. That's what happened last week around the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. 
Another great track standout, Jacob Chamberlain from the Concordia Track and Field Squad. He's a great thrower, and, well, he's, he's an odds-on bet in the weight throw this coming weekend. We'll have an opportunity to introduce you to Jacob when the GNAC Insider Program for this Tuesday night returns right after this timeout. GNACsports.com is your 24-7 resource for all the latest on the great Northwest Athletic Conference. Schedules, results, standings, statistics, and more for all 11 GNAC members. Plus, catch live event coverage on GNAC.tv. When I first came to SFU, I thought I knew exactly what I wanted. When I got into my second semester, I suddenly wasn't so sure what I wanted to do anymore. So I started to explore a little bit. Archaeology, communications, history, even kinesiology. And then I decided to go on exchange to France for a year. I was an orientation leader for a year, became a community advisor in residence, helped start a choir. I even took a rowing course. After SFU, I have lots of possibilities of what I could do, but whatever I do, I know I'll be ready for it. I'm Robert Lowry. This is GNAC Insider. Glad to have you joining us tonight and glad to bring aboard now Jacob Chamberlain from the Concordia Track and Field Squad. Hey, Jacob, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. You are a, a junior, but you are the person that a lot of people are looking at as a, a favorite to win in the throwing events at this weekend's GNAC Championships. Now, that's not based on idle speculation. You provisionally qualified for nationals in the shot put back at the UW preview on January 18th with a mark of 55 feet and three-quarters inches. Are you throwing your best right? I mean, that was a great mark a month ago. Are you throwing even better right now? I would say that I've had some really promising uh, training sessions, especially in the last couple of days. Um, and even some really promising pre-meets before other meets. Um, uh, you know, the reason I haven't gotten out of further throw for me is honestly just uh, I've been a little bit hurt this indoor season. Uh, I've been battling a little bit of a back injury, but um, I feel like that's behind me now. So I'm really looking forward to going into the Gene Axe and doing really well this weekend. Do you Have you seen the schedule yet? And, and how do you prepare for the throwing events over the next couple of days? And then when you get to the, the meet there at the Ford Center itself? So uh, we're on right now what we call a down week, uh, which is where we do a little bit lighter um, in the weight room, a little bit lighter in the throws. Um, we don't throw any heavy implements. We only throw comp implements. Um, really, uh, really light training and really fast training. So uh, just getting us prepared to feel our best um, on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, um, mentally, just go into it, you know, with a clear mind, uh, hoping to get a better mark than I already have, and uh, just competing with myself, competing with my teammates that I train with every day, you know, just making it feel as comfortable as I possibly can. Um, so that's kind of my mindset, but I'm feeling good. Well, you talk about competing with your teammates. This Concordia team has men that own the top three marks in the shot put this season. You're 55 three-quarters of an inch there is the best of them. But is that kind of competition, knowing that you have those top three marks, is that – and, again, I'm talking good-natured rivalry, but does that help you all to get somewhat better during your training sessions? Yeah, uh, definitely does. We have a really good relationship uh, when we're training out there at the throw center. Uh, 
Caleb Bridge, Seth Bridge, uh, Connor Jensen, Jacob Brown, and uh, Brett Elder, some of our uh, shot put guys. Actually, that might be all of our shot put guys. But, um, yeah, just having them out there to push me, uh, having me out there to, like, push them and all of us to push each other, it's a really big part of our program. Um, and I don't want to forget Joe Dennison, the weight throw, too. He, he pushes me every day, and I know I push him. Um, it's a good environment. What was it? And you're a, you're a native of Bellingham. When did you decide that you wanted to go into track and field? And then why into the weight throws? Well, I, I was a freshman at uh, Bellingham High School. Uh, go Red Raiders. And uh, I, was, <laughs> I was playing football, actually. And I had a coach that was like, hey, you should go out for throws. You can do a lot of weightlifting for, to prepare for football. And so I had a good season that year in the throws. Of course, I didn't really know what a good season looked like, um, but I did. And then the next year I ended up stopping playing football and just committing basically most of my time to uh, throwing. I still played basketball, but from that point on, I was uh, pretty dead set on, you know, throwing at least well in high school. Um, I didn't know really what I wanted to do with college, but that's kind of my journey here um, was, you know, just eventually working my way up to the point where I had the opportunity to go to college. A couple of years ago, you placed third in the shot put at the GNAC Indoor Championships. You also won the discus at the GNAC Outdoor Championship, placed second in the hammer throw as well. When you look at all the events, did I, and I, 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 I know that each of them probably has a little different place in your heart, but which one is your favorite and why would that be? I would say that the discus is probably my favorite. Um, just because it's where I got my start. Um, I have a connection to the disc that I like really enjoy throwing it. It just feels good to throw it. You know, it feels powerful. It feels really explosive. And um, I hope to, you know, continue to push that mark higher this year and uh, push that technique further. I know I've been making some good strides uh, in the weight room and from a technique standpoint to, to potentially have a good um, kind of, you know, year here uh, when the outdoor GNAT conference comes around too. When you talk about technique, I know that I think to the untrained sports viewer, you think, well, if somebody's strong, they can throw things a long way. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure that, that strength has a lot to do with it, but how much is technique a part of it? And how much is the technique have to differ between each of those disciplines? Well, you'd be right in saying that you do need to be strong, and that is the case, but where strength will fail you, technique will always uh, make up for, you know. It, uh, it's huge. I would say it's um, you know, at least uh, 80% of what makes a good thrower, you know. There are those freaks out there who are like, you know, even freaks at the Olympic level who are just so strong, you know, that they can kind of get away with maybe not doing um, as technically sound throws, but at the end of the day, even those guys are training their technique day in and day out and so you know I try to model my training after that um, do well in the weight room but but really put in time into the technique into learning how how to make a throw feel good how to make a throw feel like rhythmic fluid Um, that's a big part of it but yeah I mean uh, and that goes out to my coach uh, Adam Riddle he's been doing an excellent job with the technical training uh, through the fall and then through this indoor season, we've uh, really been focusing on that, um, a couple different things, and it's been working really well. Do you know when you have a good throw? I mean, as soon as whatever whatever implement we're talking about here, oh, yeah. when you, it leaves your hand, do you know if it's a good one? Oh, yeah. If, if it's a good throw, I know right away. Um, yeah. 
and I, I bet other other throwers can attest to that too. It's uh, if it's a good throw, you're yelling pretty loud in excitement, uh, partially because you just know you you know hit the implement really hard, but also because you know that it's going to be a good mark. Yeah. Well, Jacob, listen, we really appreciate you excited to to to, to get out there and compete for uh, some uh, some uh, championships this weekend. Yes, sir. I'm really excited. I'm actually packing right now. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're a couple days earlier there, young man. But uh, it's 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 good to get that out of the way and get get ready to go this coming weekend at the Ford Center there in uh, in Nampa, Idaho. Jacob, thanks for joining us tonight. Good luck, and maybe we'll have the opportunity uh, to speak during the outdoor season as well. I'd like that. Yeah, I would too. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Jacob Chamberlain joining us tonight, Concordia standout field athlete as we now take a look at what's coming up this week in the GNAC the Seattle Pacific men's basketball team well it claimed the regular season title last week but the rest of the standings in men's basketball log jam western Oregon western Washington and northwest Nazarene all tied for second with 10 and 6 records while Alaska and Alaska Anchorage tied for fifth with nine and seven marks now the Nanooks are hosting the Seawolves tonight in Fairbanks. So right after GNAC Insider, tune in and you can find out uh, what's going on if you tune in to the game at GNACsports.com. That'll be a good one. In Lacey, Washington, the St. Martin's women's basketball team looks to add to its three-game win streak and keep its playoff hopes alive. The Saints are hosting Seattle Pacific. That game also going on right now, and you can check out the live links after the show as well at GNACsports.com. I hope you do so. Three GNAC softball teams are in action this week as Montana State Billings heads to Minot, North Dakota to play in the air-supported Dome Invitational. Yellow Jackets will look to bounce back from a 2-3 and three record at the Dixie State Courtyard Classic. As we've mentioned, the GNAC Indoor Track and Field Championship is going to be held on Friday and Saturday at the Ford Idaho Center in Nampa, Idaho. All event information, including the meet schedule, program, and live results, can be found on the track and field page off the GNAC website. And, of course, remember that for all the latest in the GNAC, go to GNACsports.com to find news, stats, standings, and pretty much everything you want to know about the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. I'd also encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to connect with the GNAC through social media. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you can find it at GNAC Sports. We're going to wrap up tonight's GNAC Insider. We'll do that right after this. Time out. In old school terms, like when football players wore leather helmets, it was called getting your bell rung, high impact shots to the head. Today, we know a lot more about concussions, and one reason is an engineering team over at UAA. This is an important project because we're learning that if concussions are not detected and left untreated, they can have a dramatic impact on people later in life and possibly lead to dementia and severe depression. In a nondescript basement laboratory in the engineering department over at UAA, soccer balls are shot at a researcher wearing an electronic mouth guard that measures the impact of the ball hitting his head. The invention is patent pending and could... A, lead to better forms of protection, and B, allow instant diagnosis not just for athletes, but for our troops as well. Innovative concussion research. Just one of the amazing stories being written every day at the University of Alaska Anchorage. Welcome back to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. 
Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. Well, just seven days from now, we'll be back your way with our next GNAC Insider. Of course, we'll talk about this upcoming weekend's track and field championships, and we'll have lots more to talk about. But I do want to thank tonight's guests, Jacob Chamberlain and Addie Townsend. Chamberlain, track and field standout for Concordia. Townsend, track and field standout for Simon Frazier. And also thanks to Rudy Carlton, the brand-new head coach at Azusa Pacific, for joining us on tonight's GNAC Insider. Also want to thank our producer, Kaho Akal. Thanks to GNAC Commissioner to Dave Hagland, and thanks to you for joining us as well. Again, next Tuesday we'll talk to you at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Until then, I'm Robert Lowry. Consider yourself a GNAC Insider. So long for now. You've been listening to GNAC Insider, an update on the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Remember to follow the GNAC through social media. To find us on Facebook or Twitter, search GNAC Sports and locate us on the web at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider is a production of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.